Hi, it's Katie with Bountiful Living, and welcome to The Car Chronicles. I'm calling it that because, in truth, for years I have been recording all of my ideas into my phone. Actually, my creative writing group teases me about this because sometimes there's a lot of funny typos. (laughs) But now that I have a podcast and don't necessarily always need a piece of paper, I've just been recording straight into the phone. And that's what I have for you today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this live production straight from my minivan. Good morning. Um, As usual, my thoughts come to me in times that are inopportune. However, I'm having this idea right now for holiday hustle and to really look at and discuss our cultural things that we've adopted for Christmas and Easter and really all of the holidays um, kind of goes along with that consumer mentality instead of a kingdom mentality and it bothers me and it bothers me because it is not the charge that the Lord has given us in his word he has told us to store up our treasures in heaven now does that mean we have to throw the baby out with the bathwater? no What it does mean is we are stewards of what God has given us. He's given us his word as a guidebook, as a way to um, know him, know his will, know his ways, know his desires, know know his plans. It's all there in his word. And as we study it, we will see this theme of different way of living. And Jesus really talks about it a lot when he's doing the Sermon on the Mount and when he's also talking about for us to live without offense, like turning the other cheek. And what that means is it doesn't literally mean to let somebody slap you again. It means not to retaliate. It means to not, um, when someone has hurt you, you hurt them back. Turning is the the walking away from um, being offended. There's so many concepts that Jesus presents that are countercultural, really. <laughs> and I want to live in a kingdom way, with a kingdom mentality, with a biblical worldview, because this world is fleeting; it will perish says over and over again that Christ will return and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. It says this life is a vapor over and over and that we are to redeem the time. So friends, I ask you today to open your hearts to this idea of kingdom living in our everyday lives with our holidays. The holidays for me used to be a really stressful time caused me a lot of anxiety. It was even a bit of financial strain as I was trying to keep up with all of the hustle and bustle of uh, expectations of what I felt like I needed to do or be at Christmas time. And instead of the holidays being a reverent time, reflecting on Jesus's birth, which really historically that's not necessarily when Jesus was born, but it's when we as Americans celebrate it and 
you know, yeah, as my daughter's saying in the back seat, birthday birthday party for Jesus, right? I mean, this is this is our time of reflection for his coming, for what all the things his birth. But instead, we're focused on hustling around, getting kids to various different winter um, choral performances, band performances, concerts, plays, etc. Fill in the blank. Our schedules and our pocketbooks are just overstuffed. And I say to hell with the hustle. And I'm not trying to curse there. I'm literally saying it needs to go to hell. I read this fantastic book, Jonathan Bethke, I think is how you pronounce his name, and I'll link it below in the show notes. But, um, guys, do we have to do all this hustle and bustle that is really causing us stress, strain, anxiety, frustration, anger? The peace and joy are gone, you guys. It's gone. Because instead of delighting in the savior instead of delighting in the season which let me tell you you can still enjoy decorations and still enjoy gift giving without it being the focus when we instead shift our focus to christ and to peace and joy and we focus on those things those are the greatest gifts those are the greatest gifts that we can give and receive so we don't have to do everything the way that culture has dictated that we do things. You know, if you want to, instead of exchanging gifts with your friends, you could um, do various things that I can't think of right now. You could do um, a baking day. You could have a gathering where you could just pray with each other. Or do a white elephant, which I always kind of struggle with because I feel like I'm spending money on something that people don't really want. Um, I think it's better to draw names and be intentional about giving. I have a family or I have friends that have a really big family and that's what they do. They draw names for each other. Even the children do this. And it teaches them very early on to be thoughtful, to be um, consider it. And that's what gift giving really is about. It's not about this thing of excess where we have so much stuff that we can't even focus on the good things, but that we're intentional about our giving and intentional about thinking of a person and giving them something that would be of use and a blessing to them, a tool for the kingdom, a tool, something they can use to, to bring joy, peace, have, have goodness to their lives. I encourage you to rethink the holidays, to ask God what they should be, and see what he tells you, because I cannot come at you with your own personal conviction, and I know, like, when you look at the five love languages, one of them is gift-giving. I'm married to someone who loves, like, that is his love language, and... I have had to learn because that, I mean, I could never have a gift for the rest of my life and I'm fine. Like my birthday's coming up in a couple of weeks and my husband's like, what do you want for your birthday? I'm like, um, I don't, I have any, my birthday, you know, I, maybe a consumable. That's what I typically ask for is like a pedicure or 
um, a nap. <laughs> the kids were like saying to me yesterday, why do grown-ups always ask for boring stuff? I'm like, because we're that desperate. Like a nap is a gift. <laughs> but whatever it may be for you, you know, if you're someone who your love language is gift giving, or if you're married to someone whose love language is gift giving, guys, you need to take that seriously and not neglect it. I have other friends that over the years um, would give to missions at Christmas, which I think is lovely. They would, um, when they were buying gifts for people, it would be, we bought you, we bought a well for someone in um, Myanmar or cattle so that uh, they're able to have um, fresh milk. Whatever it may be, God will tell you, He, I don't have to be the one to give you those answers. That's something that I, I am just posing this and putting this out there for everyone to think about how you respond to the holidays. Is it something that brings you just absolute joy? Because I know there's people who love to decorate. There's nothing wrong with it. But guys, we don't want to get to a place where... Christmas becomes an idol where we are putting it above our guide. And this concept of idolatry and Christmas was very new to me. Even just a few years ago, I had a friend said that they don't put up a tree at all because they don't want to be idolatrous. And I didn't really get that. I didn't understand that concept, but now I do. Now I see how some people worship these things. And I'm a little bit different. I'm a fall person. And like everybody knows, like it's pumpkin time and I'm ready for it. I mean, I will bust out my pumpkins in September. But it's not something that I put above God. It's something that I enjoy. It's something I delight in his creation. And there's nothing wrong with that, guys. But there does have to be limits. Um, we need to look at whether or not we're being idolatrous with the holidays, any of them. The one that bothers me the most is Easter, and I, every year, don't know what to do about it, honestly, because culturally, we've just always done the egg hunts. But of all the holidays, the one we should reverence the most is Resurrection Sunday. Every year it gets me. Every year I consider my sin and I consider the sacrifice that Jesus made on my behalf. And knowing that he is good, knowing that he is faithful to us. And I don't always feel like we're being faithful to him, faithful to remember him when we're our focus, not that it's wrong to do it, but our focus is so much on, did we get all the candy for Easter? Did we get all the things for the Easter basket? When instead our focus is there instead of on what he did. The thing that gives us eternal life. I heard in a sermon once about this person who had gotten such a strong commitment to prayer. And his conviction was seeing the angels 
in Revelation, I believe it is in Revelation 4, where it says that there's, they're describing the throne of God. And that there are the four creatures, and there are the elders, and there are the, the people who have come to Christ, and, and the angels who are saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And that John, the Apostle John, was seeing this vision. He was hearing them say this over and over and over again, worshiping our God for all eternity, for all of time. And you know what, guys? The angels are created beings that do not have a spirit. You can look in Hebrews and study more about the angels and their jobs and who Jesus is and who man is. But Jesus did not come for them. He didn't shed his blood for them. He came and he shed his blood for me and for you, for humanity. And are we going to allow the angels to worship him more? than we do guys I'm sorry I cannot let that be we must properly prioritize our God we must properly give him our adoration our love our reverence he is so good he is so worthy of all of our honor, our praise, our time, our priority. And that's all I'm trying to share with you today. I'm not trying to give you the do's and don'ts of the holidays, but to think and reflect on what your holidays look like. Are they full of joy and peace? goodness, kindness, self-control, all the things that the Holy Spirit represents? Are they full of love? Or are you fighting with your family about stuff? Because you're stressed out and your calendar's overscheduled and overstuffed. I just want to give you some things to think about. And there's no right or wrong way, unless you're in idolatry, that is definitely the wrong way. If you're idolizing and putting holidays above God, that's definitely something you need to ask God for forgiveness and repent, and he will forgive you. If you're being convicted of that right now, he he is a loving, forgiving, compassionate God. He delights in you. So before we dive in to Christmas, 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 before we dive into it, let's ask the Lord how we can delight in him, how we can love him, how we can maybe volunteer somewhere, how we can be the hands and feet of Jesus. How we can maybe donate to 
instead of spending all of our money on gift giving, but we can donate to a cause or a charity that is strong on our hearts, um, human trafficking or children in poverty. Let us ask God how we can be his hands and feet instead of focusing on the stuff that's going to burn up, the stuff that doesn't matter, the stuff that's causing us all the stress and the anxiety and the anger and the frustration. Let's give him our holidays. Let's delight in him for the holidays. We don't have to give in to the culture. We don't have to give in to the way things have always been done. The way we were raised, even if it was amazing. We need to buy into his kingdom. And I bet you will find some people with common goals, desires, and thoughts as you. You can even begin to ask your family members around you, hey, can we can we change things up? Can we do things a little differently for the holidays? And here's why. Like, tell them why. And even when you share it, some of these people may not change. And you know what? That is okay because we cannot control other people. <laughs> we can only control ourselves. We're only responsible for ourselves and for our our husband and our children and we are responsible to the people around us but I my prayer for you today is that God would surround you with like-minded kingdom-minded people and if I'm the only one I'm here <laughs> you know there I remember reminding myself or remembering Elijah the prophet who felt like he was all alone like he was the only one and and God showed him and reminded him that there was actually, I'm never remember, good with numbers, so y'all give me grace here, but I think it's about 2,000 people in Israel that were righteous. And God told Elijah, you're not alone. And I'm telling you today, you're not alone in this. But we can spread this kingdom culture like wildfire. If we're obedient, if we're mindful to what matters and what doesn't, we are a light, a city on a hill that is not to be hidden. Let your light shine before men and therefore glorify your God in heaven. I'd love to hear your questions and comments. You can reach out today. You may have to just start calling these the Car Chronicles. <laughs> Bad audio. Lots of road noise. Reach out to me at Bountiful Living dot net